0: Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara. And with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we just wrapped up week eight of the football season, catching up uh, on the final games for the 2A and 3A teams, and finally uh, entering the second half of the season for our 4A and 5A teams. But let's dive into our game of the week, which featured... The Eastmark Firebirds taking on the Florence Gophers, which uh, the Firebirds came out on the winning end, winning 54-7 to and cementing themselves as the new 3A Central Region Champions. What were your thoughts on uh, Eastmark and their performance Friday night?
1: Well, they definitely lived up to their reputation. They were a hard-hitting team. Um, To be honest, their play was just unrivaled. After uh, one big interception made by Eastmark, it was kind of all downhill for Florence after that. They didn't necessarily hang their heads too much, but they did fight. I can say that they definitely did fight. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that uh, Florence uh, definitely had the fight. Even when things started getting rocky near the end of the first half, they were only trailing 28 to 7 and actually could have uh, been 28 to 14 if they were able to convert on that fourth down uh, play right out outside of their end zone you know it definitely changed the impact of the game going into the second half you know this is a team that was used to winning you know came in 6-0 and and finally met a team that if not just as good as them were even better and
2: it seemed like they uh, lost their composure especially at the start of the third quarter what did you feel about their response well, I feel like you hit the nail on the head just a few seconds ago.
1: This was the first time they looked across a field and they were playing a team that they felt was actually better than them. Regardless of what their record was, whether they were 6-0, they know deep down that they played in inadequate schedule. Not saying that their wins were invalid or anything like that, but let's be honest here. Let's Their strength of schedule was not that strong. And eastmark was just who we thought they were they they, they w- walking on their sidelines seeing their equipment and and just shaking our not necessarily shaking our heads in disappointment but like in disbelief like man this team is loaded not
2: necessarily in terms of of talent but a, of their equipment too it was just unreal oh yeah you definitely did not feel that that was a 3a team
0: uh, standing across on the other sidelines i mean with the monitors for the offensive linemen to go over their plays, their quarterback having a tablet to be able to see to see uh, what was going on during their drive, you know, it definitely enhances the game for that team. And it and it just goes to show that this is not your normal everyday 3A team that kind of pops up out of the blue. And going forward, they have to be definitely one of the favorites. But uh let's go back into uh Florence. I know that This loss, they are definitely going to put it behind them, continue to move forward. And I believe uh, Aiden Lopez uh, said it best on Friday night. You know, this loss means nothing. You know, we're going to win out and win our next two games. That's what they want to prove that. You know what? Even though they dropped the ball on this one, they're still focused and ready to uh, end their season on a high note and get ready for the playoffs. So I definitely applaud uh, Florence. They, They took the loss without much excuses. And that's what I appreciate about them. Any team could have said, oh, you know, well, this happened, this happened. You know, it just wasn't our day and make an excuse about it where Florence was like, hey, they were the better team. We took it on the chin. Now we got to move forward and win these next two games. And I really think that coming into uh, their game Friday night, it's going to be a good bounce back game as they're going to be taking on Odyssey Institute, who's three and four on the year, a team that, of course, we feel is on the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to where they stand amongst other teams. But uh do you think that this is a good rebound game for Florence?
1: Most definitely. This is the game that Florence wants right after suffering that huge defeat to Eastmark. You're not going to win region championship that we you know that's clear. One thing that you have to focus on is just what you said earlier as well, winning out. This game is going to have a higher opportunity of them winning. It's their last game, that it's going to be their biggest test. Not necessarily their biggest test of the year. That that's already happened. But their biggest test on winning out is going to be beating Santan Foothills. We'll get to that uh, that road when we get there. But yeah, this game against Odyssey Prep against the Minotaurs, which is probably the coolest name in in a on a mascot that I've heard in a while. That they definitely have to take them out. Um, talking to Anthony Pistorio when he had messaged us and he said, "I'm sorry about letting you down, and we'll be better the next time you see us." And and, and I told him, you know, don't even worry about. it. He's like, you know, what? We're going to let our haters talk. And you said it at the field, and I just had to relay that message to him. The haters going to talk no matter what. If you won, they would have said you got lucky. If you would have, if you when you lost, now they're going to say that you you just beat you know scrub teams. But don't let anybody who says that. Go without telling, okay. Then you're a scrub, especially if they're f- coming from a team that beat you. Be like, okay, well, if I beat you, then you're, you're a scrub team. Then, so <laughs> everybody has to watch what they say when you know when they're handing out insults.
0: Yeah, it's something that goes around in the high school uh, realm of things because I mean, everybody likes seeing their rivals lose, everybody likes seeing a team that they lost to uh, lose, no matter what, no matter if you're undefeated or if you're 0 and 10. You're always going to have somebody saying something. So I know Florence ain't going to let that talk interfere with what their ultimate goal is. And that's to win out, make the playoffs and try to prove that even though we were dealt these teams, we're still one of the best teams in uh, 3A. And I still kind of believe that, you know, I do hold them as a top 10, if not even possibly like a top seven team in 3A. But that's just my opinion. Let's go into an interesting matchup we had between uh, the Sabino Sabercats and the Sequoia Pathway Pumas. Very good 3A team, taking on a very good 2A team. Uh, we had given the edge uh, to Sabino. Uh, they did not disappoint, uh, taking home the victory, 73-40. Uh, to 40.
2: But what was your biggest surprise uh, from this game on Friday? My biggest surprise, no doubt, was the amount of offense that Sequoia Pathway was able to capitalize
1: on the Sabercats. I didn't expect the Sabercats to put up 70 points of their own, but nowhere in my you know biggest dreams did I imagine that Sequoia Pathway would be able to drop 40 on them. Now that they're firing on all cylinders and they have all their transfers back and they have every bit of firepower in their arsenal, this is the best time for Sequoia Pathway to not only take over their region but try to you know gain some ground in the rankings well this
0: uh, loss for Sequoia snaps their two-game win streak uh, but I know that they're definitely going to bounce back uh, next week as they're going to be taking on the San Pasqual Valley Warriors who currently sit at one in five and they're going to be one of the worst teams that Sequoia Pathway has uh, played this season I see uh, Sequoia uh, bouncing back And winning not only uh, decisively, but I think that this is going to be a game where you see a lot of points put up because they're still in the running uh, for a a region championship. They're still, you know, in the running to make the playoffs. And I know that uh, trying to win this game uh, pretty big and it's going to be a blowout um, is only going to help their cause. What are you liking about Sequoia Pathway now that they're finally a complete team again, and you're starting to see that offense mesh again because when they were going through that roller coaster of winning and losing while uh, a lot of their transfers were out, you started seeing that offense get a little stagnant. Do you think now that they're complete that this offense is one of the best in 2A?
1: Yeah, it definitely is. I feel like as the games have been going on, they have definitely become sharper. The one thing that I do worry about with them playing a quote-unquote bad team is if they don't win by a large margin, will that be detrimental to their placement in the rankings?
0: I honestly couldn't answer that one. Like I said, we're still trying to understand the AIA's ranking system, what weighs more. The only thing I can say on that is that I believe that their loss against Sabino is going to give them more boost in the rankings than a win against San Pasquale Valley. And that's just because of how good Sabino is and they're going to continue to win, which is only going to boost the points for uh, Sequoia Pathways. But let's move into a team who is on a hot streak right now. Uh, The Vista Grande Spartans traveled to Tucson to take on the Choya Chargers and uh, picked up a decisive victory, winning 53-13 and extending their win streak to four games. How impressed are you now? with the spartans because we know how the season started we know what your feelings were for them early on are you starting to feel yourself maybe joining that spartan uh bandwagon going forward
1: yeah i'm i'm ted lasso with more facial hair i'm starting to believe in this team now they have definitely put it together with all their transfers coming back and This is something that I didn't anticipate after like week two, because they had some big deflating losses where it didn't seem like the team that I was anticipating, you know, from their media day to, you know, the first week. Now, the Vista Grande Spartans are some, you know, a a team to be reckoned with. They are actually taking advantage of their region placement. And with them facing Choya and especially being on the road, being able to put up 50 points on them and only hold them to 13 points they did an amazing job i'm looking forward to what they do against pueblo which is another team that's you know at a disadvantage when it comes to how how competitive they are but this is a great game for
2: vista to come out and extend that uh school winning streak and and, and just mollywop them bro well the pueblo warriors are uh four and one on the
0: year and uh this is a big region game you know i i think between these two teams and maybe Canyon de Oro, those are going to be uh, your top three teams, I feel, that are going to be fighting for the top spot. Maybe you can throw in Empire in there as well, but... I feel that this is going to be a very, very good test for the Spartans. I know those early losses in the season, those first two games, came without their full roster, you know, being that they had transfers as well sitting out. But now that all these teams finally got all their pieces back together, you're starting to see them excel. And I like what I'm seeing from Vista Grande and the type of chemistry that they're starting to build. But I feel up to this point, this game Friday night is going to be the true tester for the Spartans. Because you know what? There's no more excuses. You got all your players back. Now it's time to go beat a team who's not only just as good as you, but they're trying to take you out and still be one of the front runners to be the region champions. But it's definitely going to be a good game. And I know a lot of players are excited about this game. And, you know, they're wanting as many people to come out. They were even asking if we're coming out uh, to this game. So, But I'm pretty excited for the Spartans on this one. And I'm really excited to see what, what the results are going to be. But let's continue on into our second hottest team in Pinal County. And that would be the Santa Cruz Dust Devils who went and put up a 60 piece on the Reta Prep Chargers winning 68 to 6 and they as well extend their win streak to uh, four games and one of the biggest takeaways from that four game winning streak before we uh, recap this game is they have outscored their opponents 181 to 40 during this four game win streak so you got to give it up for uh, the dust devils and the tremendous turnaround that they've had. In the second half of the season, what are your thoughts? Because I know you uh, always have uh, some great things to say about uh, the Dust Devils, regardless if they're winning or losing. You always like their play. What are you liking about them right now?
1: Oh, yeah, I always have the Dust Devils in high regard, but this was definitely a game where they showed out. They, they came into Arete Prep knowing that they were going to do exactly what they did, and that was blow them out. They only allowed one score, and, and th- the score just tells the story. Santa Cruz put it on them. Nathan Harris and company are doing a great job there in Eloy, turning that ship around, and they're on a four-game win streak, and they're probably going to be looking forward to their next game. But this week, they'll have a bye, so they'll have a little bit of time to recoup and rest before that next game. So with this turnaround of Santa
2: Cruz... Who do you think is the brightest spot on this team now that they've had this resurgence? I mean, there there's a f- quite a few players. I mean, you can name
0: Nathan Harris just off the top of your head, Jonathan Ramos in the backfield. I mean, give it up for the boys on the line, like Julian all, Alvarado. I mean, the old line. I mean, they're just it, it. it's a team effort. I can't just pinpoint one person on the success, because if I was going to give Credit to anybody, it would have to be Coach uh, Tommy Cortez because at the beginning of the season, I mean, nobody gave him a chance. We didn't give him a chance, you know, to have be as successful as they are right now. Those first two games, actually those first three games, they lost three straight games. Um, they, uh, you know, they didn't look like a team we've seen in the past. And so we didn't know if they were ever going to live up to that. And they have bought in, you know, after that Coolidge game, it seemed like, you know what, they were able to tell themselves, hey, we may have lost and we may have not scored, but we're a good team. We can hang. We can hang with the best of them. And you know what, I think that game was what, Uh, kicked everything into gear and why you're seeing the dust devils a completely different team than we saw at the beginning of the season so i would have to say it would all start with the coaching and those players buying in to what that coaching staff is saying because now they're went from one of the easiest teams to beat to one of the toughest in these last four games. So, I got to give that whole team a round of applause, man, and I'm truly meaning that because they've had one hell of a four-game stretch. And I can't wait to see how that end of the game. We
2: know which game we're talking about at the end of the season how that's going to fare out. Yeah, they they have done a hell of a job resurrecting their season. And like you said, it's just making a Big,
1: big excitement to surround that final game against Sequoia Pathway. Now, let's talk about a team that's coming off a bye right now, the Combs Coyotes. This week, they'll face the Benjamin Franklin Chargers, a team that's struggling right now going one and four. And Combs is looking a little bit hot themselves coming in three and two. What do you anticipate
2: out of the Benjamin Franklin Chargers uh, if you are the Combs Coyotes? Uh, you're going to get a team that will fight fourth quarters. I know that for sure. Uh, they're
0: a team that can be aggressive at times, but I still think that the Combs Coyotes will face a team that they should be. You know, on paper, uh, looking at the stats and everything, this is a team that Combs should be. For all their successes that they've had early on in the season and, you know, uh, picking up big victories, this should be another one where they need to put them away early to kind of cement them as a playoff contender. Because that's what I really think Combs is turning into is a playoff contender. And for me, I don't feel that Benjamin Franklin, you you already know what I feel about them when it comes to uh, playing 4A teams. I don't think that they can contend with them quite yet, but they're going to be
2: a team that will bring a lot of fight. Now, do you think with this being a Thursday game that this will have any effect on how the teams play? um maybe for Ben Franklin they uh picked up
1: uh,
0: their first uh win this past Friday against Glendale they're going to have some momentum uh, to carry into this game uh but i think that with Combs having that extra week of rest and you know being that Ben Franklin will be on a shorter week playing a day earlier it's going to be better preparations for Combs because you get that extra week of studying your opponent and now they get to see what they did to pick up a victory and so I think that they'll have the edge in that one. But do you think that this game is going to be a close one, or do you uh, think that one team has a, a bigger advantage over the other?
1: No doubt, the Coyotes have a clear-cut advantage over the Chargers in this one. Um, the spread—I don't know that. I don't. I, I can't tell you, but I, I am fully behind Combs on this one. All right, let's talk about another team that's coming off a bye that desperately needs a win right now. The Maricopa Rams will travel to McClintock High School to play those Chargers. Man, that's that's just a popular name right now, but yeah, those McClintock Chargers are 2 and 3 while the Maricopa Rams are winless right now, 0 oh and 5. If you're Maricopa, what do you need to do to finally pull off a victory? You go back to their last couple of games, they're actually ahead coming into halftime. What kind of adjustments do they need to make at halftime to come out and play with that same type of intensity?
0: Well, if they're leading at halftime at this game, you know that the talk in the locker room is we got to finish now. And I believe that the way you finish is doing what got you there. And, of course, it's about second-half adjustments. But at the same time, you still got to be executing on both sides of the ball. We see players like Ian Palm who constantly putting in their full effort for four quarters. You know, So on the offensive end, you got to still produce points. In order to give your defense – a chance to uh, make plays where they're not feeling like they have to uh, force a turnover in order to get the ball back for their team. It seems like once they get behind, then they kind of um, fall apart a little bit. And and it shouldn't be like that. You know, they played behind for majority of the season. You know, it's something that they should be used to. But, you know, I think what's crazy is that, uh, like you said, they're, they're ahead at halftime. Are they just not used to playing ahead? You know, they, they know how to try to uh, rally themselves and pick up points to try to make a game of things or to try to make a combat, but maybe it's, they don't know how to play ahead. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I never even thought of it that way. I just wondered where that focus went, you know, when they came right back onto the field, but that's something to definitely keep an eye on. And I'm pretty sure we can expect maybe a, a day early message from Vincent with those photos. So
2: uh, Maybe it's a a special Friday session with them. We'll we'll see. But being that, you know, they're playing good. And McClintock, uh, they're coming off a victory. Um, I think
0: their last victory was against uh, Ben Franklin. Do you think that this could possibly be the chance for Maricopa to pick up their first victory?
1: This is a definite chance for them to pick up a victory. It's not going to be their easiest chance to pick up a victory. I feel like that was a couple of games ago when they played Skyline. But against...
0: Well, Skyline's five and zero right now.
1: I know, very surprising too. Mm-hmm. But if you look back at that game, it was only a, a one score game. It was fifteen to twenty two. But McClintock, it, it is an away game, and they, you know they have to travel up to Tempe and then and keep up with that environment. If if McClintock's football team is half as intense as their basketball team was, then I, I don't know about their chances, bro. But I have a lot of faith in these boys. I don't think that uh, they'll have any trouble. Uh, you know sticking with the game i i, I think that their biggest I, I like i've harped on before their biggest problem is going to be if they're winning at halftime how to maintain that lead and how not to give up on themselves or or the play
0: okay i like that and you know i'll definitely keep an eye on that for uh for uh thursday night but uh let's move on into uh the casa Grande, uh versus campo verde game casa Grande, uh, had to buy this past week And we'll be traveling to Campo Verde to take on the Coyotes, who are currently 3-1 and on the season. Campo Verde is a team that is pretty unusual. Uh, They run a dual quarterback system. Their quarterbacks almost have, last time I checked, identical uh, amount of yardage. So something fairly new uh, that you don't see every day. Uh, But then you have Casagrande, who is pretty banged up. Uh, you know, lost a couple of players uh, for the season already and are looking to kind of redeem themselves and snap this two game losing streak that they're on. Being that we've done a little bit more research on Campo Verde and how um, the AIA views them, they they sit pretty high in the rankings. Is this going to be another tough matchup for the Cougars or is this finally the game where they can put the pieces all together again? and uh, pick up a victory, because Campo Verde is a very far-traveled game for them.
1: I don't think that the travel will have a factor in it. I think that Casagrande is in desperation mode right now. You, You just suffered your second loss, the first one coming from a very good and very serious 6A team in Castillo. Then you lost your return game at home to a team that you just straight up shouldn't have granted the the support that you're used to on your sidelines not necessarily your sidelines but in your stands just wasn't quite there but yeah th- this is a must win game for them if if you're going into campo verde i, I don't know what you need in your headphones or, or what needs to be done this week during practice but this this is
2: a game that casa Grande needs to come in and take seriously i would definitely agree with you and i know that With this extra week of rest,
0: that Coach uh, Luna is definitely going to have his guys fired up and ready to go. Uh, The one thing I will say is that this team needs to uh, play some perfect ball. And that means uh, cleaning up their penalties and staying in the game no matter what the outcome is. I saw a team two weeks ago who gave up. You know, I never thought I would see that out of a Casa Grande Cougars team who's fresh off a state championship. This was a team that looked shocked that they were about to lose their second game in a row and both of them pretty decisively. And the sideline definitely showed a sign of panic where, you know, they weren't used to being in this situation of losing football games. I mean, you always hear uh, Coach Wood talk about it, man. I'm just not used to losing, you know, it's something different for me. So I know that this week they are going to get things fixed as far as what they need to do to pick up a victory, how to get that offense going again. We know that their defense, if they're not asked to take the field every three plays, if the offense can't get going, we know that their defense is capable of shutting teams down but I think the biggest thing we need to see out of Casa Grande is that fire at the beginning of the season when they were beating Maricopa and whenever they uh, defeated a, a team like Fairfax. You know, there was a lot of fire. There was a lot of drive there. And, you know, I know that they're asking for a lot of players to step up and fill in roles that they probably weren't ready to do at that time, but this is a team that can be very dangerous if they're clicking on all cylinders. And so if their offense can get going, I'd say uh, this could be the chance for uh, the Cougars to pick up a victory.
1: Yeah, I feel like this timid play that they had, well, at least the last time we saw them, it, it, it's pretty untypical of them. I feel like this isn't a definite sign of cowardice because that is not what Castle Grand Football is about. But this type of anxiety of, of of oh my God, what if we might lose? You got to have that put in the back of your mind and, and have the positive thoughts of putting forward a win. Because that's what I noticed on the field, too. There was a lot of, like I said, just being timid. They they, were worried about what was coming before they actually even got there. And that played a big factor of them you know, losing that game. This is going to be a tough one, but I, I don't feel like they need to be alarmed yet. If they lose this game by another big margin, then yeah, sound the alarm. There, there, there's something to go back
2: on and, and look at. But
0: there's still a lot of football left to play. Yeah,
2: definitely. It's still a lot of football. Well, let's move on into uh, ALA Ironwood. Um, a lot of
0: you're going to hear us be repetitive about this. Another team that's coming off of bye. Uh <laughs> but they're uh, looking to uh, snap their four game uh, losing streak as they're going to take on another ALA team in ALA West foothills who currently sits at two and five on the season. I think this is one of my funnest matchups of the week because you have two teams that even though their record might not show it, they're still pretty good competitive teams. And, you know, we always preach about the what ifs for ALA Ironwood, but the reality is they're on a four game losing streak. They're banged up in a lot of places looking to get healthy. I'm hoping that this buy helped that and. They're looking to finally get back into the win column. Could this finally be that victory for them? Or do you think that ALA West foothills might have something that they're not expecting?
1: That's tough, bro. These ALA schools are tricky because in the beginning of the year, we expected the Warriors to have a, a pretty good season and they they're still not far from it. They they just had some, you know, constant series of bad luck, you know, against teams and, and and ultimately, and it ends up with them losing the game. But go, I don't know. The only advantage I see ALA West Foothills having is a much cooler name. The Guardians and, the, and their um, mascot and school logo looks, out of all the entire ALA schools that I've seen, has to be the most badass. And, and I know that if there's a couple parents there that are not going to like to hear that, it is the most coolest logo I have ever seen. But... That's the only thing that I say that Ala West Foothills got for them. The Warriors, they they got to go in there exactly what their hashtag says: swords up and ready to fight. They might not have their, their quarterback that that they started the season with, but they definitely have the pieces to pick up and move forward. So that way, that the next season that they come into isn't uh, a season of oh well, look back at the last season, which was just full of despair. Because when uh think about it, when we didn't know any. Anything about them this year, we just went straight off the last season stats. If if we were to do that next year and come into that, we would think we would probably treat ALA like we did Santan. Mm -hmm. And Santan, now they're loving it because we didn't know anything about them. I'll go back into the way too early preseason rankings. If you look at the little quote under my head, my my quote said that they were a team lucky not to go winless last year. Now they took that and are coming into this season on fire. And I'm glad but now i'm seeing ala pick up this type of fire right now and beat the guardians i like that i definitely like
0: that because you're you're absolutely right we definitely would not know what this team was if we didn't study them and they're not a one in five team to me, I, I will blatantly say that I believe they are at least a three and three or a four and two team. Either way, um, I do feel that they are going to come out. You know, they don't they want to be the better ALA team. You know that there's bragging rights with that and how those rivalries start. I'm expecting them to take care of their home field because these boys deserve it. They had a run of bad luck and they deserve a victory because they do not quit. And I do not expect to see that on Friday night because that's just not in their nature. So, but let's move into uh santan foothills one of our uh final teams that had a buy uh this past week will be taking on four and three shadow mountain at home and it's a game where santan foothills uh needs to pick up a victory and it needs to be a decisive victory because they're right on that edge of the rankings uh and we'll get into that in a little bit for making the playoffs you know we uh already said uh, the 3a region is already locked up by eastmark so now it's cementing yourself in one of the top 16 teams to make the playoffs. And it all starts with this game, Friday night against Shadow Mountain. What are your expectations of this game?
1: I expect Santan's defense to take over. That's one thing that will definitely need to happen if they plan to outplay the Matadors. The Matadors are a team that are equally just as tricky as them. Last year didn't have that great of a season. Looking into them this year, I didn't expect much out of them either. Now they're a really competitive team. This is something I'm looking forward to for one of two reasons. One, to see how well Santan can keep their momentum going after you know beating two really good teams. And if this win against a team from the Valley will be really definitive enough for them to actually make the playoffs and get the respect that they've been lacking over the past few seasons.
0: Yeah, and you know that that's all they want is that respect. And I think that they've earned that, you know, for how their season has played out, picking up a big victory against Coolidge. I mean, that already uh, starts what a great season this has been for them. You know, I don't think that they're going to have as much trouble as I originally thought uh, with Shadow Mountain. Uh, Shadow Mountain has picked up uh, victories against Tempe. Uh, phoenix christian coronado and independence uh so not very uh good victories uh but we've seen uh with teams like florence that that doesn't matter sometimes you know uh that they're still able to come pick up victories against better competition but i still feel like you that santan foothills defense is going to be the biggest factor and uh great contributions uh from the backfield from uh dallas uh, samuelu and uh emilio soto i mean those guys have been running the ball uh, very good so i think that santan foothills will be a little bit too much uh, for the matadors and it's gonna set up a great final game for uh the Cats when they take on the florence gophers
1: yeah well that's already a game that i'm i've been looking forward to for a while now and i i just wish the the sabercats all the best in this game From Elijah Perez to Elijah Fields, all those boys in the backfield, and especially Dalton, I need you to turn it up this game, guy. This is something that you definitely need to to have underneath your belt if you're gonna be playing a team in Florence next week that's pretty much preparing to blow this Odyssey Institute team out. Now, you kind of jumped the gun because this is the last team that was on a bye. The Coolidge Bears will have a home game at Larry Delbridge Stadium, welcoming the red-hot, 7-0, 7-0, Thatcher Eagles. Now, I, I don't know how to put this in words, but I'm going to give myself a second to think about it and have you tell me what you feel will come of this game. If I'm going to be
0: honest, um, I feel that Thatcher is the real deal. Uh, They are the best team in 3A right now, Uh, not just because they're 7-0, but just because of the amount of, of dismantling that they have done to teams over the season. And that includes uh, the East Mark Firebirds. I feel that Coolidge needs to come out. And we say this every week with uh, a lot of teams, but they have to come out and play the best football that they've played up to this point in the season. You know, uh, there there's no more excuses to have, you know, this is your season right here. If you win this game, you will not only beat The best team in 3A, but it's also going to help your rankings because right now, Coolidge is sitting on the outside looking in. So it sucks that it has to come down to this game against the best team in 3A, but Coolidge dug themselves this hole. Now it's going to be on those seniors who have to rely on their younger players and help each other out because they can't afford to turn the ball over. They can't afford... Costly penalties that are gonna hurt them, even even all the way to wasted timeouts. Everything is gonna be valuable to them on Friday night. That includes the pass game, the run game, and their defense playing lights out. To me, that's what Coolidge will need in order to not only keep things close against Thatcher, but to possibly pick up a victory. Do I feel that it could happen? I do. I do feel that there's enough in Coolidge to surprise a lot of people. But they have to believe it themselves. You know, they can't go in this week worrying about what's being posted or what's being said or, you know, anything like that. Or thinking that Thatcher is not the team that everybody thinks they are. Because I will tell every single person on that team, you better think otherwise, because they are the real deal. And if you're not careful, they're going to come and embarrass you on your home field if you do not come out to play. And I know I'm being very stern about it, but... That's how good this team is. And I want to see Coolidge succeed. I want to see all these teams succeed. But if Coolidge wants to keep their playoff hopes alive, it has to be the best football they've ever played.
1: They'll definitely need to play their best football. It'll be really hard to do that against a really tough team like Thatcher. But Coolidge definitely needs something to turn around their season. They, they, They can't give up now. They really can't. Now, Let's talk about a team whose fortunes were on the other side. The Apache Junction Prospectors took out the Lee Williams Volunteers 45 to 12. It was quite the showing. It was not really the type of game that we were expecting.
2: We were expecting something a little bit more close, but definitely a good result. Oh, yeah. We had talked about it, I mean, since the preseason rankings came
0: out that this was going to be a game that Apache Junction wanted and they were going to want to uh, pick up a decisive victory against Lee Williams because I know Apache Junction had to have felt that their season ended too early last year and and they wanted to redeem that uh, against Lee Williams and they did so decisively. I mean, you had uh Gavin Lamangelo throw for over 200 yards and rush for over 70 on top of throwing for four touchdowns. Isaiah Savoy. Uh, 258 yards rushing and two touchdowns. You know, it was a complete team effort, you know, on both sides of the ball. And to only hold a volunteer's team to 12 points has to go and show that Apache Junction is one of the top four a teams. And I will debate anybody on that one.
2: What were your biggest takeaways from that game? The biggest takeaway has to be how well this
1: offense is running right now they are damn near a, a a definite score every time their offense is on the field this is something that they they need to lock in for the next few games because after this long stretch it's playoffs and if you can do this in the playoffs you're going to get along far because this is a similar story that casa grand played just before they ended up winning their state championship
2: granted aj's not undefeated but they have that chance of making it all the way Oh, and they definitely do. Uh, but, you know, I know that uh, before we get into their
0: next game, there's another team that may want to say otherwise. But unfortunately, they dropped a game against the St. Mary's Knights, and that's the Poston Butte Broncos, who lost uh, 27-12, to moving their record to uh, 3-2 and on the season. And I will be the first to admit that I was wrong about this game. You know, I thought that this could have been an easy victory for the Broncos to set up a great matchup this week against a uh, county uh, rival, but it, it was completely opposite. I thought that that Post and Butte's defense had the advantage and it was actually the Knights uh, defense who shut down the run game of the Post and Butte Broncos. Was that definitely a shocker for you or did you kind of expect
2: that uh, when we made our predictions last Friday? I wouldn't say I expected it, but I kind of anticipated it, if, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it wasn't something that I feared would be a downfall for them, but in the end, it, it kind of was. It, this was definitely a setback for the Poston Butte Broncos, but now that focus will be clear. They're going to be hosting the Apache Junction Prospectors, and we've actually had the fortune of being on that field. And this game is our game of the week. So we're going to be out there. We're going to be recording the action from the sidelines, taking photos. And there's a lot of people on both sides of the ball that I can't wait to meet, like Kate Alisa, Garrett Garcia, a lot of these boys that we've been having interaction with online, but we we haven't had that actual FaceTime with. This is going to be really big. I I know that this is going to be a game where we make those connections with these players that are going to be big names soon. And I'm glad this is our game of the week because I've been looking forward to watching these two teams play. But before we end and jump into our, our, uh players of the week, who do you give the
2: edge to Apache Junction or Post and Butte? <laughs> He's definitely caught me off guard on that one. I was not expecting to give that prediction right now. That was a I smooth was in transition. A Yeah,
0: no, definitely was definitely was. Um, I have to give the edge to Apache Junction. That's because their offense right now is on fire you know i did not expect for a post and buttes run game to really show any holes in it and they were exposed this past week they got to come out and get that run game going again because it seems like if the run game is not there the pass game is not either so with the prospectors having not only a great run game but an amazing pass game to go along with it it takes a lot of the load off of the defense because like you said they can score at will you know any uh time that they have the ball with that being said i'm gonna give my edge uh to the prospectors but i know that post and butte is gonna come back hungry this week because they felt like they let one slip away this past friday now you know i gotta turn it over to you
1: now i knew this was coming but i just had to beat you to it and i want to i want to side with you on this week and say that Apache Junction is the team I'm looking forward to it it, it, there to be honest they're they're the team that I expect to win but at the same time I gotta play devil's advocate it's a home game for the Broncos Gavin Thrower just had one of the most toughest games you know playing against the Knights in his last game now he's gonna be at home and I know he's gonna be looking forward to that rebound since you went with the prospectors I'm gonna take the Broncos I want this to be as good as a matchup as
2: as ever, but if it, it happens to get out of hand and one team takes it over a, another, I'm not going to get upset. Who needs this victory more? Is it more the prospectors
0: or is it post-imbute? The
1: prospectors.
0: And why would that be?
1: They were the team that everybody expected to be number one, to to have the best season this far. Now, if you were expected to be number one and you blow it to a team that just lost to the St. Mary's Knights, a team that essentially went further than you did in the playoffs. How does that define your season? What do you do when you're ranked so high and you fail to meet those expectations? Do you want to be the team that took those expectations and just excelled and, and went past them? I think that they want to be the latter.
0: Okay, because I feel that this is a bigger game for Post and Butte. You're already at two losses halfway through the season. You don't want a third one. You know, that's not going to help Uh, your playoff chances, because it's not about winning the region in 4A. It's about being one of the top 16 teams. And another loss, I mean, granted, we've seen crazier things uh, with these rankings. I feel that if they can pick up a victory against Apache Junction, I know Apache Junction is going to continue to win games. I know Post and Buttes going to continue to win games. But I think a third loss is going to put them in a position where they're not going to be where they expected themselves to be. Because we all knew that this team, a lot of people consider them the best in Pinal County, you know, and one of the best 4A teams. And five games into the season, you're only one game above 500. You don't want to be a 500 ball club at the start of the second half of the season because it's just going to make more work for yourself. So that's why I think that Post and Butte Uh, needs this game more than Apache Junction. But uh, your reasoning, I can definitely uh, back that as well. So I know it's just going to be a good game at the end of the day. I hope it's a a close one finally. You know, we haven't had that the past few weeks. And we just want that hard-nosed, hard-hitting, you know, type of ball game, and for uh, two great teams to give their all on Friday night. Uh, But let's move on into uh, everybody's uh, favorite segment which is our uh, special teams players of the week. And I will give you uh, the honors of announcing our uh, special team uh, breakout player of the week. Who gets to uh, take home that award this week?
1: This week, those bragging rights go to Elijah Woods of the Sequoia Pathway Pumas. He had five returns for 171 yards and averaging 34.2 yards each return. The kid was amazing. This is actually his second time winning the award. And I want to say congratulations, Elijah. You definitely earned it. Granted, you didn't pick up the victory, but you were a big part in helping your team gain good field position playing the Sabino SaberCats.
0: And he had a great game on the offensive end as well. I believe he had like 10 catches for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. So he was a big factor in why uh, Sequoia Pathway put up 40 points against Sabino. Let's move on into our defensive breakout player of the week, and that's going to go to Garrett Garcia of the Apache Junction prospectors who finished the night with three tackles, one interception, and one forced fumble. He was definitely a a big reason why the volunteers struggled to move the ball downfield. Definitely two uh, crucial turnovers to give his team great field position, and he should be uh, proud of what he did Friday night on the defensive end to help the prospectors pick up a
1: victory. Yeah, Garrett and the prospectors had a hell of a game, but now let's talk about who takes home the bragging rights of our offensive player of the week, and it's going to stay in the city of Apache Junction, Isaiah Savoy. You are our Varsity Breakout Offensive Player of the Week. With 25 carries for 258 yards and two touchdowns, you had yourself a night and were a big part in the wind against the Lee Williams Volunteers.
0: Oh, no doubt. I believe that uh, total uh, the prospectors rushed for 373 yards and a bulk of that uh, came from Isaiah. When we tell you about this three-headed monster, you know, with Gavin, Isaiah, and Garrett, I mean, each week – they continue to show why they are one of the top teams and one of the trios to uh, always keep your eye on, whether that's on the offense or defensive end, because I believe uh, Garrett is the second uh, prospector to win the defensive player of the award and isaiah is the second uh, prospector to uh, win the offensive player of the award you know so they're out there uh proving why uh apache junction is a team to be reckoned with congratulations to all of our uh, winners this week uh, we hope that you guys go out there and show out again and we uh, hope to see you uh back uh, next week uh taking home another award but let's move on into our current rankings Uh, From 5A to 2A, 5A and 4A finally came out with their first uh, rankings on the AZ Preps uh, 365 website. Uh, So let's start off with uh, 5A. Uh, Casagrande is currently still in the mix uh, for the playoffs as they sit at number 13 while Maricopa uh, sits at 40. In the 4A, Apache Junction uh, moved up to 6 while Post and Butte dropped to 12. And the Combs Coyotes, you know, are making that last-minute push. And if the season ended today, they would be uh, one of the top 16 teams as they are currently ranked 16. And then you have Vista Grande. They're on the outside looking in as uh, they're ranked uh,
1: 22nd. Now let's talk about our 3A teams and where they are in the rankings. Florence sits at number 9. Santan Foothills at number 14. Coolidge at 25 and ALA Ironwood at 34. Now, let's talk about our final two-way teams. Sequoia Pathway is just on the cusp of the the playoff hunt at 17, while Santa Cruz is not too far behind at 23. Uh, If the playoffs ended today, there would be a lot of teams that wouldn't make it, but there would be a lot of teams that did. Now, out of all the teams that we
2: just listed, which team do you think deserves to be ranked just a little bit higher? I think that would have to be Sequoia Pathway. I think
0: that even though this loss to Sabino, uh, they lost by 33 points. But if they didn't have to forfeit a game at the beginning of the season, they would be ranked a lot higher. You know, um, I don't think that they're getting the respect that they deserve uh, for the teams that they have beat already. Uh, So I thought they would at least be around 11, 12, somewhere around there. But also uh, Santa Cruz, that, that's another one that jumps out to me, you know, being that they're on a four game winning streak. Um, I thought that they would get a little bit more love. But like I said, the AIA, it, it's crazy where uh, teams end up and, you know, you also got to take into consideration in the 5A that Casa Grant could possibly move up higher depending on how many uh, 5A teams make it to the Open 8 because those guys are taken away from the 5A playoffs. But what about you? Uh, who? What team uh, stood out to you that you felt wasn't getting the love they deserve?
1: It was Santa Cruz. With them having the the great stretch that they're having right now, I think 23 is just too low. They are definitely within the
2: top 20 right now. In my book, I would put them maybe 18 or seventeen. OK, well, what about uh, Vista Grande, who's also on a four game win streak sitting at
0: 22? Do you think that their earlier losses should have them that low or do you think that they're not getting the respect because of the teams that they've beat?
1: I think it's exactly that the teams that they beat just aren't up to par with the teams that Combs, AJ and Butte have played right now. It's it's just not. That's why they're they're kind of lacking, because you and I both know that for Aquino region, it was very winnable in the beginning. Right now, it feels like they actually grouped a good a good competitive group that made this kind of lackluster region very interesting.
0: Well, we'll definitely see uh, what Friday brings and who uh, is able to uh, pick up victories because now we're in the final stretch uh, for the 2A and 3A teams as they get ready to wrap up their seasons. And, and you know, a majority of them uh, need to pick up victories in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. While uh, the 4A and 5A regions are getting into the second half of their season, starting a region play and uh, could use some victories themselves to try to lock up a playoff spot. But we can leave uh, things right there. And I know uh, that you had uh, some updates uh, regarding our uh, sweatshirts. Do you want to fill everybody in on those?
1: Yeah, those are coming very, very soon. I know everybody feels the temperature drops right now. I know when you're going to school, it sucks because the morning time is cold. And by the time when you get out, it, you're already sweating. But don't worry, we got you covered when when the sun goes down and it gets really cool. We got your back physically. All right. Well, before we put a pin in this and, and call it a night, is there anything that you got on your mind that you want to get out?
0: I just want to uh, say a big thank you to uh, Game Time Recruiting and Consulting. And for our guy, uh, Rodney Cox, I mean, he does such an amazing job. So if you guys ever got any questions about the recruiting process or anything that uh, we can uh, ask Rodney about, please let us know or, you know, we can point you in his direction. He's more than willing to help you guys out. So, you know, please always remember that. But other than that, brother, I don't really have anything else. You got anything else to say?
1: Take it easy.